0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Recovery Speakers Podcast. My name is Tim, and I am an alcoholic and an addict. This is episode four of the Recovery Speakers Podcast, and we will focus on the stigma around alcoholism and addiction. In this episode, I am going to share with you a recording of the longtime sober AA member, Clancy I. In his famous 1983 talk titled, Disease of Perception... Clancy achieved sobriety in 1958 and now has over 60 years of sobriety. He has dedicated much of his life to helping others at the Midnight Mission in Los Angeles. He's known as one of the most influential members in AA and continues to help many achieve sobriety today. In this recording, Clancy discusses the denial amongst alcoholics and the perception of alcoholism in our society. Here's Clancy. Enjoy.
1: I am the last speaker of a very distinguished panel of authorities in the field of alcoholism. I don't know if you're familiar with with carnival procedures. I once was in one of my incarnations. There's a there are three there are three aspects to a carnival presentation. One, the guy comes out and something someone called a barker. And he, with pretty girls or music or something, talks. He's a talker. And he talks people to in front of the stand and he entertains them and so on. Then when they get a bunch of boobs standing there, they do what's called turning the tip. That is where they do something to make them buy that ticket. Here, get that ticket. Wonderful things inside. Don't miss it. Now, 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 now. Yeah. Okay. And when they get all done with that, and the show is over, they uh, they want to get rid of these boobs so they can make room for the next crowd. And they have some particularly turn-off guys do what is known as the blow-off. where you get rid of them. My job in this series is your blow-off, man. <laughs> now, hopefully when... When I'm done, you'll have had enough. <laughs> you know, uh, I know that this last year, a year ago about, a guy I know very well, a lawyer, had advanced emphysema. And he was dying from it almost. He'd have to go to the hospital every once in a while and have oxygen stuck in his nose and dunk. And he'd come out and go home and fire up a cigarette. I, I Joe, what the hell is this? How can you, you smoke when your lungs are... And, uh, it was just, I, was like watching a man commit As I, when I'm going home from that, I thought to myself, that's just the way it's gotta be. That's just the way it had to be for my family or people who loved me. Watching me, after being laboriously withdrawn, be hospitalized, be strapped down, be put into an insane asylum, all these things, come back, and one day, hit it again. And never know, I couldn't explain to them because I didn't know why. I knew why going in, but by the time they asked me, I didn't know what it was. And that's what makes this problem so baffling. And that's what makes it so difficult to understand. Because it really gets down to this. How can anyone understand it when the person who has it won't accept it? How could anyone else accept it? And that's why alcoholism, as at the current stage of understanding, pretty much universally among anyone who knows anything about it in the medical profession or psychiatric profession,
2: not entirely,
1: but among the people who know anything about it, they pretty well agree that abstinence is the only answer. There is no control left. Nobody knows why. There may be control for a little while, but or as far as one of these self-help therapies say, there seem to be brief recoveries followed always by still worse relapse. And that's what, uh, that's what makes alcoholism smack of moral degeneracy. And that's what makes alcoholism smack of weak-willed, pathetic, people who should know better. And that's why a real case, I suppose, can be made to call alcoholism a disease of perception. A disease of perception. Not not how anyone views their drinking, but much more, much more complex. The one aspect that makes alcoholism cunning and baffling and powerful is that neither the treater or the treaty usually understands what's wrong. Really. They keep thinking that it's the alcohol. And if I can get the patient off alcohol, I'll be all right. And look what alcohol is doing to you. Why do you keep using it? And all all of the research, all of the investigations into the metabolic differences of the alcoholic body and all of the differences of the malfunctioning of the endocrine or ductless glands or whatever the hell it might be, or reverse diabetes, hyperinsulinism, all the theories that have gone on to try to describe this, the only thing that they're unable to measure is the perception of the alcoholic, and the alcoholic doesn't know it, and they don't know. And that's why formal clinical treatment has almost always been non-effective in the treatment of alcoholics. And so I want to, for a couple minutes this morning, discuss, by an odd coincidence, the title of my talk I noticed in the program alcoholism, a disease of perception. The, probably the number one mistake in the treatment of alcoholism or in the identification of alcoholism, I'm certainly not accusing people of treating alcoholism wrong, I'm talking about the identification by the alcoholic or by the non-alcoholic, is, as I said, that alcoholism is, that we're dealing with an alcohol problem. It is not an alcohol problem. I would like to give you my opinion. I can give you only my opinion. I may secretly feel that I speak for the wisdom of the agent, but I'm required to say this is only my opinion. In my opinion, the great problem, I think it's borne out, is people thinking they have an alcohol problem. Now, if you have an alcohol problem, The treatment for an alcohol problem is relatively simple. You have the people not drink. That's all. That's how you do it. You may charge them a lot for the data, but that's what it is. Don't drink. But this is not an alcohol problem. I don't believe alcoholics have an alcohol problem. Now, that sounds upside down. But I want to say this slowly and clearly and distinctly. It sounds like heresy, but I I bet my life on it every day. If my problem is alcohol, I am not an alcoholic. Or conversely, if I am an alcoholic, my problem is not alcohol. Now that sounds really crazy, doesn't it? But it really is literally true. Because if the problem is alcohol, the solution to it is not drinking. And that solution has been found 5,000 years ago. This is nothing that was stumbled on in research recently. If you have a problem with alcohol, you don't drink alcohol. If you have a problem, if you are allergic to orange juice, and every time you take a glass of orange juice, it makes your nose fall off. You know, you finally, with additional amount of health, you come to the conclusion. I'm not going to drink that orange juice. You might give it one last shot just to be sure. Oh. I've lost my nose. How do I smell? Pretty bad, you know. But if that's the problem, if it changed, and people like me, and I'm sure like many people like me, have tried that again and again. I have sworn off with and without oath. I'll tell you probably the most important single swear-off I ever made. Once upon a time, many years ago, my little boy died when I was in the hospital, when I was in jail, I was in jail in the hospital. And the judge released, the judges, in there for drunken scuffling and I was an executive. And he was, his little casket was about this big. And I felt so good. And I carried his little casket. And I said, I'll be his caller. I don't want anybody else to touching his And I, I set it down and I put my hand on it. I took a vow. This will never happen again. Ever, ever. Baby John, if it ever happens to me, I hope, I hope my arms wither and fall off. And I had tears of empty very mind. I would have given my life to keep that from happening. And about 29 days later in another city, I was working. The feelings of remorse and pain were so intense that I had to have a few drinks to relax. In. Now, you try to explain that to anyone. And I remember my my family saying, how could you? How could you after what happened to John? How could you get light? And there's no answer. I have no answer. I don't know. I, I knew why going in, but I didn't remember why coming up. And it goes on like that. If the withdrawal from alcohol is the answer, no matter how you do it, whether it's done nicely in 30 days or do it cold turkey on the floor of a jail, the one thing is you get to withdraw. But that's how you beat an alcohol problem. Now, this funny, deadly, bewildering, baffling, frustrating thing called alcoholism has one significant difference. And that is it. And it's one that nobody ever seems to recognize at the moment. And that is it. The difference in an alcohol problem and alcoholism is that stopping drinking has no effect on alcoholism. In fact, it begins to make it worse. Stopping drinking moves you across the line from some degree of relief to unvarnished gray, cold, remorse-filled, anxiety-filled reality, and it gets worse as you go along. And that is the greatest evidence I know in my life that I was able to deny. But my problem is not alcohol. I have these other problems, real problems, problems I couldn't describe, problems that seem to me, and apparently seem to everybody else who ever had them, but they all think they are unique to me. Somehow or other, I'm more sensitive than other people. Somehow or other, I feel things too intensely. Somehow or other, I have anxieties that I somehow feel different somehow, and I, I don't want to feel different. This is a great feeling. I feel lonely more than other people. I feel... And the only way you have to measure how you feel compared to other people, of course, is you look at them. And you fall into the trap that every human being falls into sometimes. Alcoholics fall into it a lot because you go into that trap when you're feeling insecure. And that trap is when you begin comparing to see why you are different when you feel different. And you look around in the job situation, the social situation, amongst people you know well, and you get answers. And the problem is the answer is always wrong, but you never know it and you have no way to compare it. And the reason is because every human being must, and they always make these comparisons when they feel bad, You don't ever compare when you feel good. You compare when you feel bad. And I never realized I am comparing my insides against other people's outsides. I am comparing my raw meat against defense mechanisms they've spent 30 years building to conceal their raw meat. And I can tell anyone here, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, when you make comparisons and you feel bad, I think it's safe to tell you that you will never see anyone who looks as sensitive as you feel. You will never see anyone who looks as though they have the secret anxieties that bother you. You will never see anyone who looks as lonely or frustrated as you feel sometimes. And conversely as they look at you they will feel the same. These are comparatives when you are feeling negative. The very tools I have used to feel to overcome my feelings of difference have made me more alienated, and I never knew it. Because these are things there is no way to measure. You know, you can measure alcohol, but you can't measure difficulties in perception. When the highway patrol can stop you and measure you for alcohol, but they can't take a drop of blood out of ear and say, I'm going to run this through the scanner and see how much anxiety you got today.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: walk this white line will determine if you're feeling different. Kind of funny, but it really isn't funny because it's lethal. That's why nearly everybody who has alcoholism dies from it, one way or another, slowly or quickly. That's why relatively few people, really relatively few people, ever achieve reality very long. And of those, some of those go back because they keep falling back into that same trap I no longer drink, therefore I am all right. And that is the lethal error in that equation.
0: Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our new podcast and check us out on our social media pages, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great day and see you next time.